0: Good afternoon, my sisters and brothers. Very delighted to be worshipping with you in God's presence today. Today we're going to go on a journey. It's a familiar journey, because I'm sure all of us here are familiar with the meekest man who the Bible says ever lived, Moses. But we're going to be led today to look at him as the reluctant leader. Now, the idea of the reluctant leader is not original with me. It is a term that was used to describe one of modern day greatest military leader, our own Colin Powell, who although Chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff, although a general, although having had combat experience, was very reluctant to engage the army or the military in war. He struggled with the whole idea of a war of necessity or a war of choice and we seem to see at one point in the life of moses a similar trait but examine his life we will notice that it was not always so It wasn't always so. But we're going to discover that the presence of God, presence of God in one's life can transform that life and make that life to become what God wants it to be. That was a long journey, several verses We're going to be looking at Acts chapter seven, and I will attempt to walk us along this journey, and I'll invite you to come along with us. I'm not accustomed to go verse by verse or even paragraph by paragraph I'm not even accustomed to topical preaching. But what I enjoy, though, is what the experts call narrative preaching. And by, doing, by using this approach, we are allowing the narrative, this, the word of God, to speak to us directly. And I'm anticipating that we are going to be learning some lessons. I might not be the one to point out what lessons there are. Because we are going to be working with the Spirit of God. And allowing the Spirit of God to teach us. Today. So we pray that our hearts will be open. And become compliant. To the Word of God. And. Be open to new revelation, enlightenment, if you prefer that word, as we deal with familiar scripture. Now, looking at the passage, Acts chapter 7, and this is Stephen's version of Moses' life and Moses' experience. Of course, we could go to the origin, the book of Exodus, or we could go to the writer of the Hebrews. But somehow, we're being led to Acts chapter 7. And a brief outline of the passage that I've chosen is the whole idea that Moses well not idea, it is it is truth. it is the fact that Moses' life could be divided into three equal segments of forty years. And one of my favorite Bible teacher looks at it this way. he says that during the first forty years, moses found himself thinking he was somebody somebody of importance but during the second 40 years he was forced to admit that he was not as important as he thought he was he was a nobody but during the third and final 40 years of his life, he discovered what God can do with a nobody. And so let's begin at verse 20. We're going to look at verse 20, 21, and 22. And here we are introduced to Moses. And We are seeing Moses, first of all, as God saw Moses as a baby. Reading from the New American Standard Bible, it says it was at this time, the time when the Hebrews, who a number of 70 of them went down to Egypt, but they began to grow. And became a threat to the powers that be. They were made slaves. They were oppressed. But at that time, Moses was born. Moses was born because God had promised Abraham that there's going to come a time when he would raise up a deliverer who would lead his people out of bondage and into the promised land and that leader was going to be moses so stephen who understood all of this said that it was at this time the time of crisis of severe injustice that moses was born and 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 here what it says and he was lovely in the sight of god now one version says his parents saw that he was not an ordinary child but in god's sight he was not an ordinary child either he had a destiny he had a purpose and if that is true of Moses, then that's true of all of us. We might even consider ourselves to be ordinary. In fact, I heard recently somebody saying, "There's, in fact, only this morning, that there's really no ordinary person. But especially if we are children of God we dare not think of ourselves as ordinary because we have a divine purpose. We have a destiny. But then it says, the conjunction, and he was nurtured three months in his father's house. He was privileged to be nurtured in the Hebrew tradition in his father's house. And after he had been set aside, you remember the story how because of the massacre of the innocent, the killing of these boys, his parents hid him. And I don't know why they chose to do it the way they did. They put, you know, the story how he was put in bulrush and put in the river. And then for the whole episode, Moses had nothing to do with it but to cry at the right time. When the Egyptian princess heard the cry, looked, saw the baby, rescued the baby, and as is said here, She nurtured him as her own son. Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians, and he was a man of power in words and deeds. That's why it was easy for Moses, adopted into privilege, a member of the palace, A member of the king's family to be thinking of himself as somebody of prominence, of importance. Because as Major Ian Thomas says, as he grew up, he became a scholar, as Stephen says here. Josephus says he also was the commander-in-chief of Pharaoh's army. He was an outstanding, like Colin Powell, soldier. But as the son of a princess, he was next in line to become Pharaoh. So he was a scholar, soldier, statesman. Later on, we'll read about him becoming the administrator, etc. But one thing that is missing here is prophecy. It was prophesied that God was going to raise up a deliverer who would become a prophet. And I I just love this. Where it says in verse 22 that he was a man of power in words and deeds. Here is what we read. In verses 37 and 38. He says that. Among other things. Being raised up and designated. and, uh, And given the function of a deliverer. It also said. That he received living words. To pass on. To his people. Living words. So. The scholar, the eloquent orator was was destined to be the one that would mingle with angels, be given the responsibility to receive living words to pass on to others. Does that Describe anybody we know? Could this be a description of us? Who among all the responsibilities that we have in life as children of God, we are. In fact, Peter says that if any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. Let him speak as the person who has received the very word of God, the living word of God. He received living words to pass on to others. But then we read that Moses... When he became about 40 years old, verse 23 says, it entered into his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. He identified, he grew up in the palace. He grew up as an Egyptian. He, He grew up as a member of the royal family. But as he got older and the writer of the Hebrew said that his faith in God grew to the point where he felt the need to identify himself with his own people. And the reason he was able to do that is because he was trained. The, the, the previous paragraph said he was nurtured by the princess. But the princess was led to ask his own mother, Moses' own mother, to nurse him. So it is believed that he passed on the Hebrew tradition to to Moses. So the time came when Moses felt that he should identify with his own people. So he stepped out one day and he saw injustice experienced by his own people. And the Bible says here that he defended himself and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. Unfortunately, this is not a beautiful picture. Because the man who we see in the previous paragraph that was destined to become a missionary, a a deliverer, is now a murderer. But he did it because of how he felt. He felt that his brethren would understand that God was granting them deliverance through him. But they did not understand. Now, I don't know what you think about this. And maybe we should just pause and just meditate on it it says that it entered his mind to visit his brethren he just thought that well my brethren i am a part of them they are suffering so let me go out and identify with them and when he saw injustice he took things in his own hands and he acted. Remember, he's a trained soldier. Remember, he had gained number of victories for the Egyptians, for his nation, for his people. And so it was easy for him to act in defense of injustice and, as the scripture says, to take vengeance. But how do you think God felt when this happened? When the man slated to be a missionary is now a murderer. And why do you think Moses would have done this? Despite the fact that in his own heart, he felt that God was leading him to defend his own people. But it was so bad that he tried to cover it up. If you have to try to cover up something, then it can't be right. But he did him do a good job covering it up. Because the next day he went out and he saw two Hebrew slaves quarrelling among themselves, about to pick a fight. And he intervened and said, no, you're brethren, stop it. You shouldn't be doing this. And their response to him shocked him. Scripture says the one who was injuring his neighbor pushed him away saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? You do not mean to kill us as you killed the Egyptian yesterday, do you? Sisters and brothers, we can't flee from the past. and carry it with us. Yesterday you killed the Egyptian. So you're going to kill me because I am the one who is starting the fight and I'm the aggressor. So Moses discovered that, does no. Somebody says that Moses, with all of his military prowess and all of that, could not cover up the one man that he killed. But God, with one breath that he blew covered up the Egyptians in the Red Sea that nobody could see them. But of course, the Red Sea experience had not occurred yet. But it just showed to us that when we take things in our own hands, it's not good enough. When we leave God out of what we do, What we do will not be successful. So he fled. When he discovered that Pharaoh knew about this. And Pharaoh was threatened by him in the first place. He fled. He became a fugitive. He became a refugee in the land of Midian. And, of course, started to build a family. When the Hebrew slaves said, who made you a ruler or a judge over us? What he was actually saying is that you're self-made. You're promoting yourself. and And, 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 and we're not going to accept that. Now we might say, but then he felt that God was leading him to do this. So, what could be wrong with that? As far as God is concerned, everything was wrong with that. And in fact, and so he spent 40 years in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. And then one day while taking care of his father-in-law's sheep, he had a vision. An angel appeared to him in the flame of a burning bush. Burning thorn bush. And when Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight. Why marveled at the sight? Because the fire was burning the bush, but the bush was not consumed. He was looking for ashes but he didn't see any ashes so to him this must be a special bush so let me see what type of bush this is and as he approached to look more closely there came the voice of the lord and that always worked my sisters and brothers that always works. The casual cursory won't work. We have to have an interest for depth. We want to understand more. Because if we're dealing with God, there is always more. And God honored it. He walked over. He went closer because he wants to understand. And I pray that this will be the attitude. That will be the desire of our hearts to know more. Because God is a God who reveals himself. And God's revelation is continuous, is progressive. God doesn't expect us to be like Peter, who had this wonderful experience on a mountain of transfiguration and wanted to memorialize it. Let's build three tabernacles. No, no, no. God is a moving God, God is mobile. And even if we try, we cannot put God in a box. God is going to be moving on. And if we want to experience the presence of God, we have to be willing to move on and to dig deeper and to get closer and to want more. And so he heard for the first time what Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob heard. He says, I am the God of your fathers. You see, up until this point, Moses didn't have this experience of the presence and knowledge of God. Yeah. Scholar, soldier, statesman. But he lacked the presence of God in his life. He lacked the knowledge of this God. He says, I am the God of your fathers. I am who I am and I will be who I am. As I was with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, so I'm going to be with you. So Moses shook with fear. And would not venture to look any further. That was enough for the day. As God revealed himself. To him. And God said to Moses. Take off the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground now some people say that well it's holy ground because a temple was there before but there's no evidence they they've, they've tried to prove that but it does, it does remain unproven but just stick with what the bible says it is holy ground because god was standing right there in the midst of the fire. And it is because. God was in the fire. That the bush was not consumed. Now listen to what God says. He says. I have certainly seen. The oppression of my people in Egypt. And have heard their groans. And have come down to rescue them. Come now. I, who have come down here, will send you to Egypt. So, standing on holy ground, standing where God is standing, making the ground holy, what a privilege. And and this was a great privilege for Moses. Because remember, for 40 years, He lived as a refugee, an exile, so to speak, away from the familiar, the luxury, the privilege. And now God appears to him. And he says, Moses, take off your shoes, your sandals from your feet. Show me some reverence. Show me some humility. Show me some respect. Admit your nothingness. And come to me who represents everything that you lack. And notice the language here. He didn't say, I'm soliciting your help, Moses. He says, I have certainly seen. You think you're the only one who's seen and have compassion? I have compassion. I've heard their groans and I've responded by coming down to rescue them. Come now. I will send you to Egypt. And here is where we see reluctance. And the question is, what is it that could have caused Moses to be so reluctant? Because although we don't have the text before us, we know what happened. How five? Th- he came up with five excuses why he should not be the one sent. But why? Why would this brave, bold soldier of a man now is reluctant? Now the one who preempted God, so to speak, and went ahead and took on the battle and was ready ready to fight, not to, to, to fight the system and fight Pharaoh on his own is now reluctant. Why? Could it be the 40 years that he spent discovering that he really was not the somebody he thought he was, he was a nobody? Could it be that now he realized the enormity of the task? And that He was not ready for it. He was not equipped. But here's what the Bible says. This Moses, whom they disowned, saying, who made you a ruler and a judge, is the one whom God himself sent. Oh, so in the beginning, God didn't send it. Remember it says that it came to his mind and he supposed that they would understand because he wasn't sent by God. He was just moved by the need. But may God deliver us and help us not to commit ourselves to a task or to meeting a need. But to God himself. Because all the resources we need. Resides in God. And God is of such. God is a God of grace. He makes all that he is available to us. And I think I hear somebody saying hallelujah. All that he is. Hallelujah. Is made of birth is made available to us god sent him both a ruler and a deliverer and with the help of the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush then he led them out performing wonders and miraculous signs This is the Moses who said to the sons of Israel, God will raise up a prophet like me. So this scholar, the soldier, the statesman is transformed into a prophet. This is the one who was in the congregation in the wilderness Together with the angel, yeah, he started out mingling, enjoying royal company. But now he's elevated to the to be in the company of the angel, and this the angel could be a reference to Jesus Christ Himself, who was speaking to him on Mount Sinai, and who was with our fathers and he received living oracles or living words to pass on to you now in closing why do you think moses was so intrigued with the sight the vision that he saw Someone using his sanctified imagination thinks that when Moses looked at the bush, he expected to see ashes. Why? Because that's how he saw his life during those 40 years. That with all his enthusiasm and excitement and wanting to deliver his people, in 24 hours he was burnt out. And became a heap of ashes when he left Egypt there was no wind in his sail he left just like a heap of ashes so he looked to see what kind of bush this is and here is what he discovered and Ian Thomas major Ian Thomas has a whole chapter in his book the saving life of Christ entitled any bush any old bush will do And here's what he says. Any old bush will do if God is in the bush. Hallelujah. Any old bush will do if God is in the bush. It is not the bush that sustains the flame. It is God in the bush. And any old bush will do. Amen. He encourages us to present ourselves for what we are, and what we are is nothing. To be filled with what he is, and he is everything. And to step out into every new day, conscious that the eternal I am is all you need. All you need is what you have. And what you have is what he is. And there is no resource more precious than that. What he is. He doesn't give you strength. He is your strength. Hallelujah. He doesn't give you victory. He is your victory. When you have Christ... You cannot have more and you do not have less. Remember, any old bush will do. Father, bless your words and help us to be like Moses in humility, to confess our nothingness so that we can experience at all times you as being everything that we need. Lord, transform us as you transform Moses to become that prophet, your mouthpiece, that prophet to whom you have entrusted your word, your oracles, because there are people in our neighborhood, in our city, in our country, in our world, that is waiting to receive a revelation as to who you are. As you revealed to Moses, I am that I am. I am the eternal I am. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.